0: Stan Peter podcast today. We're going to have a little bit of a flashback in team history. And who better to talk to than a gentleman that has done it all with this organization. We're talking VP of Marketing, VP of Sales, a VP of Communications. He became the 25th president of the Calgary Stampeders, and he has dealt with some very interesting owners. I'm talking about uh, Ron Rook. Mr. Rook, welcome to the Calgary Stampede podcast for Valentine Volvo.
1: Thanks for having me on. And you forgot one thing that, that you probably didn't know about. I was an usher. Were you an usher, For the 1975 Great Cup. Wow. Yeah, my dad used to be in charge of the ushers. So after being a a Safeway Quarterback Club (laughs) member, once I graduated, I could get out of the cage in the the North End. I became
0: an usher. I, I, I
1: ushered the upper level on the on the east side. Full circle.
0: Obviously, passionate about the football team. Your dad was passionate about the football team. Uh, Was it it a dream job when you were first hired in 1991? Oh,
1: absolutely. I was working for the Cowrie Cannons, and I started working with the Cannons in 1986, and every day I would drive to the Cannons facility through that parking lot. I would look at McMahon Stadium and go, gosh, if there was just a job there, I mean, what a job that could be.
0: Well, it's so true, so true. And and obviously, you know, working with the Calgary Cannons and then just jumping over next door to the Calgary Stampeders, that was that was a natural transition for you, Ronnie.
1: It was a great transition. I got a call one day from Kevin Gallant. Kevin Gallant at the time was the PR director of the Calgary Stampeders as well as the play-by-play man. And uh, he said, you know what? There's a gentleman that wants to talk to you. And I ended up going to the Cantera Tower, the 45th floor, elevator only went up to f- the 44th floor and you walk up to the 45th floor and uh, met this gentleman named Larry Rickman. Yes. And uh, he was involved in Q Sound and he had on the, on his walls autographed pictures from Madonna, Bruce Springsteen. He told me uh, at the time the Stampeders were publicly community owned, publicly owned. And uh, in desperation, he was going to become the first private owner of the Calvary Stampeders. And what he told me, Jock, was there was going to be one heck of a parade and a party and... Uh I had the opportunity to maybe be the leader of that parade or stand on the corner and watch it go by, so I said, I'm in.
0: <laughs> well, I'll say this about Larry Rickman, because there's, <laughs> there's good and there's bad. Uh, boy, he knew how to throw a party, because I, I remember a Great Cup championship party at the, at the top of the Calgary Tower, and uh, uh, we don't have to get into too many of the details, but that was, that was a hell of a party.
1: There was media there. There was city <laughs> councilors there. There was mayors. There was... A lot of people there.
0: <laughs> so, so you've had an interesting background because you have dealt, you know, and good and bad with Larry, Larry Rickman. There's mm-hmm. both. You know, you, you also had Sig Gucci as an owner. And then you had the F Troop, you know, uh, Mr. Federick. Uh, uh, boy, uh, you, you've lived it all with this organization, I think, Ronnie.
1: It was interesting. I mean, you know, Larry, Larry came on and he did a lot of good things. He brought in Doug Flutie. He, he really got people talking about the white horse again. Mm-hmm. You know, the Flames had just won the Stanley Cup in 1989, and the Stampeders were kind of the forgotten team, even though they were the longest-standing professional team in Calgary, born out of World War II, 1945. They were forgotten. And Larry signing Doug, uh, first Danny Barrett taking the team to the Grey Cup in 91, uh, Signing Doug in 1992 and almost guaranteeing a victory, which the Stampeders did win, Mm -hmm. he 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 brought football back, which which was very exciting. And then, unfortunately, Rickman Financial uh, went bankrupt. Uh, The Stampeders were a division of Rickman Financial, so the Stampeders went bankrupt. Uh, At the time, Stan Schwartz was named president, and uh, Stan Schwartz and I volunteered. We stayed on with the team Not for, a for about two months. Uh, obviously the coaches had to be paid and kept on the payroll. So they were paid by the CFL and all of our staff was laid off. And uh, Sig Guche took over prior to the, the, the 1996 season and... Uh,
0: did a very good job in saving the stamps. Yeah, no, you, you know, there's no, no doubt, and 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 Stan Swartz gets a lot of credit for that Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, and 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 the building pieces were there because you know the Wally Buono era was in full swing, and you know on the field there weren't issues. Just unfortunately, off the field there were a lot of issues. Winning hides a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> Losing, different story. Yes, we all uh, go back to the uh, the SOS campaign yeah. in the eighties. You know that was, and I that found that big... out
1: as president. Right. Losing is. <laughs>
0: everywhere. (laughs) Okay. You brought it up as president and, and no one is, Hey, if somebody comes to me and says, Jock, you want to be the president? Of course, obviously I may not be qualified, but I'm taking that job. Um, Take us through that. When, when you got offered the presidency uh, position. Wow. How, how long is the podcast? (laughs) You can go all you want, man.
1: Alrighty. Wow. This could be, wow. This could be interesting. Uh, It, it was 2002 or three And um, uh, Michael Federick took over the team. right? And uh, Stan had one year left on his contract. And uh, I got called to a breakfast at the Village Park Inn with uh, myself and uh, Fred Viteri and Mark McLaughlin. And it was the Saturday before Labor Day. And Mark said, uh, I'm retiring. My first game ever was Labor Day. I want my last day ever to be Labor Day.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's do a ceremony. Let's do... No. I'm becoming president of the football club. Oh, Okay. So we started to put together a press conference for the Tuesday morning. And uh at that time Mark had the ear of Michael Federick. And uh Mark basically said, for this thing to work, you gotta get rid of Fred Fateri. So Mark went out on Labor Day, and Jock, I honestly can't remember. I'm pretty sure we lost that Labor Day. Uh it really wasn't top of mind for a lot of people. Sure. And we hold this press conference in uh, the, the Palliser, and uh, unveiling Mark McLaughlin as the new president. And uh, during that press conference, they said, Fred Viteri is no longer here. Well, things just went crazy at, at that time. That became the story that Fred Viteri was no longer going to be there. And uh, Mark McLaughlin was retiring, one of the greatest Stampeders ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, certainly won the 1998 Grey Cup on the last play of the game. Uh, And he was becoming president, very well established in the business community. Uh, He started the stay-in-school program, just, you know, class guy. Very much so. Class guy. So at that time, the Labor Day rematch was the Friday. So we're scrambling. We play Monday, press conference Tuesday. The team leaves Thursday to go up to Edmonton. And Mark was going to come, and he said, no, I'll come up Friday. And then Mark came up Friday, and he said to me, I don't know if I want to be president. There's a lot of work here. <laughs> I said, pardon? <laughs> at that time, I was vice president of 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 communications and marketing i'd I'd been there since 1991 and and uh i think it i can't recall everything my memory's not that good but uh i can't remember if mark sat out two or three games and then mark came back as a kicker as well and that really wasn't that well received in the locker room Mm. but
0: president slash kicker
1: yeah yeah and uh well, so that was kind of it. And uh, and then Mark talked to Michael Federick and said, you know, Ron probably deserves to be president here. Why don't you give him a shot? Why don't you... I reached out to a lot of people. I reached out to a lot of people, one being Wally at that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wally had gone to BC. And... uh we had long discussions about, you know, should there be a head coach? Should there be a general manager? Should there be, uh, my first phone call was to John Huffnagel. Really? Huff at the time was quarterbacking a team. I don't know. The quarterback's name was Brady yeah, or something, no, that, that something was, like that.
0: Uh, that. That that team is irrelevant now. Yeah.
1: Uh, maybe yeah. not. Yeah. So quarterback <laughs> coach of the New England Patriots getting ready to go in the Super Bowl. And Huff said, geez, Ronnie, you know, I'd love to come back, but you know what? I'm, uh. I'm the quarterback coach. If we win the Super Bowl, I, there's a there's a shot that I will become an offensive coordinator somewhere in the National Football League. Right, which he did, the New York Giants. And so, okay, well, Huff's off the list, and uh, I had long conversations with. Uh, geez, I don't know what I should tell and what I shouldn't tell. <laughs>
0: It's your show, man. It's your show. Yeah. You can can say what you want. (laughs)
1: And uh, I had a conversation with Roy Shivers. Okay. Roy Shivers was one of the successes of the Stampeders. That duo of Wally Bono and Roy Shivers, Mm -hmm. but Shivers was the guy. Shivers was the guy who went out and found the Alan Pitts of the world, mm-hmm. the Key Van Jenkins of the world, the Pee Wee Smiths of the world. And,
0: and a great character. Junior
1: him. Thurman. Yeah. You know, he he was the guy. Unfortunately, at the time, he was general manager of the Saskatchewan Roughriders. Yeah, that's called tampering, right? Uh, well, I got fe- fined for tampering with Henry Burris, and I got fired. But anyway, I, to, I, had to, uh, I had to pay that fine. Federer couldn't pay it. But Henry, thank God, came to Calgary and changed things around. <laughs> Thanks, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> you owe me money. <laughs> and uh, and so the 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 plan the plan was Shivers and Danny Barrett. It's a good plan. Shivers went and talked to Danny. Shivers called me back. He said, you know what? All of the coaching staff is in okay, we're going to return to glory. Mm -hmm. One of the most popular quarterbacks ever, Danny Barrett, Mm -hmm. Roy Shivers, Mr. Frederick, I accept the job. But things changed. Yes.
0: (laughs) Things changed. Didn't quite happen that way, did it?
1: (laughs) No, no. Things changed, and uh, uh, I ended up, I did get permission to talk to Danny Barrett. And uh said, Danny, may come be general manager and head coach of the Stampeders. Danny says, Ron, you're killing me. You're absolutely killing me. 1991, I lead the Stampeders to the Grey Cup. We lose. In the spring, Rickman comes on board, signs Flutie, trades me to BC. Mm-hmm. Clouty wins the Grey Cup. The Stampeders win the Grey Cup in 1992. 1993, I I play for the BC Lions, and in 1994, I get traded to the Ottawa Rough Riders. Maybe they were the Renegades. I think they were still the Rough Riders. Then. I think they were. And what happens, the BC Lions go to the Grey Cup and win in 1994. Beating Baltimore and BC place, absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Danny said twice. I left teams, and the next year they won the Grey Cup. I think Saskatchewan is better than your team right now. So thanks, but no thanks.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. So, you know what? Went in a different direction. Talked to a lot of people, hired some people, and, uh, you know, but uh, it was. Uh, um, what a great learning
0: experience, away. Eh? Sure. Yeah, it, it was, it, it was yeah. wasn't
1: it? Oh, oh, gosh, if I like, could do wow. it again. Yeah. I, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, the Stampeders were a big, big part of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate to have three Grey Cup rings. Probably should have had seven Grey Cup rings. Yes,
0: that's what everybody says.
1: Very, Dominant teams. Very, very lucky to have three Grey Cup rings. 1992, West Final with... Maybe about two, two and a half minutes left. Uh, it's quite funny because I was, I hung out, not with the coaches, but we worked long hours together and they had to play Rook 60. Rook 60. Rook 60. George Cortez and Huff. Huff was the coordinator. Cortez was the line coach and they had this play Rook 60. So with about two and a half minutes left in the 1992 West final, Flutie throw, it's, throws an interception to Larry Ruck. I'm concluding it was Rook 60, not Ruck. (laughs) Anyway, so Ruck intercepts, and somehow we get the ball back with just over a minute left, and we're down. Doug marches the team down the field and scores a touchdown with a shoe off, and we beat Edmonton in the West Final, and the Grey Cup wasn't even close. We handled the Winnipeg Blue Bombers very easily. It wasn't even close. It was... Over by halftime, Sapongus Pitts, Flutie, outstanding. Yeah. So we were kind of lucky to get get there, but we got there. Then '93, we lose in the West final when a blizzard hits an hour before the game, and it's it's never been colder in Calgary. Guaranteed as Doug Flutie's hands. The propane tanks on the sidelines froze, froze up. up.
0: Yeah.
1: Edmonton wins. Move in the locker room next week. They they win the Grey Cup during a Chinook. 1994, we're up. Who knows how many points we are up. And Danny McManus and Darren Flutie marched down and scored a touchdown on the last play of the game to beat the Stampeders. And it was so frustrating because we were in Wally Buono's office after, and it overlooked the, the field. What are the Lions doing? The Lions are coming back on the field. They came back and kicked the convert with the stadium empty because just to win by two points. <laughs> it was like, really? God. Oh, man. Now that's 1994. Should have won the Grey Cup. 1995. We're in Birmingham, Alabama. Flutie gets hurt. Yeah. Hurts his elbow. Some kid named Jeff Garcia comes in the fourth quarter. I th- I don't think we won. We we almost came back, and we were I think we were undefeated at that time. And so Grey Cup nineteen, or I'm sorry, Labor Day 1995. Yeah, Flutie started. Flutie wanted to start the first play. He didn't think he was going to play again. He, is
0: that right? He, he thought, thought he, was, he was done. He thought he was done. So he wanted uh, to get in the one play.
1: One play wanted to come off the field. Him and Jeff. So that's why Jeff Garcia is not credited with that win in 1995. Right.
0: Although and, he had the great numbers.
1: 565 yards passing, five touchdown passes. Uh crazy, absolutely cr- cr- crazy. And uh we go to the Grey Cup in 95 and uh we're playing an all-American team, the Baltimore Stallions, and they killed us on special teams. That's that's where the big difference was. Cuz they were all Americans. Yeah. On the on the racial yeah. standpoint, on, hey, and Canadians are great football players mm-hmm. there was there was just a speed difference there was just a, too much depth too much depth 100 yeah You're right 96 I can't even remember what happened 97 then 98 we 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 go to the great cup and uh there's that one play that uh forever sticks in my mind uh, that was a
0: team that was like eight and ten or something weren't they no, no that, that's that not the team two, I'm thinking about. That yeah, was 2001. Yeah, that's yeah. sorry, That's 2001.
1: 98 was probably the most talented. That was the talented team. team. Right, right. Okay. Three quarterbacks in 1998 Garcia, Dickens, and Burris.
0: Yeah, they were pretty good. Not bad. Yeah, they not were bad. pretty good. They were pretty good.
1: Terry Vaughn, Vince Danielson, Alan Pitts, Travis Moore, Calvin Anderson. Not bad. That's a good team. Not bad. Yeah. Linebackers Alondra Johnson, Daryl Hall. Good not team. bad. Good team. Will Johnson. Not bad. Yeah.
0: Not bad. No, that was a good team.
1: That was probably the yeah, best. I, I
0: was mistaken. The 2001 ta- team was the one ta- I was thinking about, right?
1: Yeah. Talented team. Tal- right. Talented right. team. But Hamilton comes back, and there's a play. There's a play with, gosh, over a couple minutes left. And I uh, can't remember the running back of Hamilton. Catches a pass, comes out, and Daryl Hall and uh, Alondra Johnson go to tackle him, and they collide they're both knocked out on the same play. Wow. Roger Reinson and Jason Clement come in as linebackers. And it's a goal line stand that I still think we stopped them, but kind of reminiscent of the Alouette game a yes. few weeks ago. Yes. Uh, they they got the touchdown. We got the ball back. Garcia marched it down. Mark McLaughlin kicks a field goal with with no 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 time left. Right. right. 1999, Grey Cup rematch. NBC... Hamilton, McManus, Flutie, again, they they, they beat us in 94, and, and now 1999, they're in Hamilton, and it's like 21 nothing in the first quarter. Hamilton just was the way better team. 2000, hosting the Grey Cup. Guy named Dave Dickinson gets hurt in the West Final, mm-hmm. blows his knee out. So 2001. That's pro sports, though, isn't it? Yeah. 2001 eight and 10, mm-hmm. eight and 10, we sneak in to, to, to second place. We're in Winnipeg and, and so much kind of, and I've actually had ch- chats with George Hopkins about this last couple of weeks ago, about this year is kind of reminding him of two, 2001. Okay. Uh, Winnipeg was 15 and three and we had to go into Winnipeg the last week and win that game to get in the playoffs. And because of our record against BC, I think we both finished eight, eight and ten. Uh, we hosted the the West semifinal, beat BC, and then went up to Edmonton. And uh, George Cortez was the offensive coordinator. And he says, you know, they, they got some weakness in their secondary. He says, we're going to be up twenty-one nothing before you know it. First quarter, we were up twenty-one nothing. <laughs> Is that right? And I think we ended up winning like twenty-two twenty-one, <laughs> but it was Marcus Crandell and Bo Richter and and. Uh, now we go to the Grey Cup in, in Montreal, and uh, Winnipeg's fifteen and three. Definitely the best team in this in the league. Huge
0: favorite.
1: Yep, Marcus Carando, Bo Richter, one huge play. Aldri, Aldi Henry blocks a punt, one huge play. Ron Rook draws a unsportsmanlike penalty near the end of the game that sets up a field goal. And we win twenty-seven. Twenty-seven nineteen. That's my pin number for my max. Anyway. <laughs> uh, If anybody ever steals my wallet, uh, but uh, yeah. So so again, the year we probably shouldn't have won the Grey Cup. Right, you do. We won the Grey Cup, oh, and then then uh, that that that's when uh, um, we said uh, Gucci sold the team right to uh, to my- Michael Federick. Michael Federick did a lot of really good things. Michael Federick put in the first uh, jumbotron he did some fabulous things uh, he, but he wanted his son to
0: play quarterback.
1: Yes. There's there's lots of family uh, father and
0: sons businesses. Not in sports. Yeah. If you want to be in the box business that's fine. Have yeah. your son work for yeah. you.
1: Yeah. Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers for years all fa- family owned and president vice president on the business side. Yeah. But on the football side? Yeah. And uh, we had we had an opportunity to get a guy who. Uh, you go back two thousand and one, and the San Diego Charger quarterbacks: Doug Flutie, Drew Brees, Dave Dickinson.
0: Yeah,
1: not bad three quarterbacks. <laughs> Dave bounced around a little bit. He was like two games short of his NFL pension, but he did. He he did become available as a free agent. And uh, tried tried my best to convince uh, the owner at the time to to sign Dave. Had some really good conversations with Dave, and uh, Dave ended up signing with the BC Lions. Mm-hmm. And uh, but the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah, <laughs> well. but but John Huffnagle coming back to the Stamps. A oh. uh, uh, Dave in, in 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 Huff we trust,
0: and the things they're doing this year. Unbelievable! Hey, s- some people may not know this, but I think you also worked for the CFLPA, didn't you? D- didn- didn't Stu Laird hire you? Oh God, Stu, the GSL, the great Stu Laird. <laughs> <laughs> did he not hire you? Yes, work? yes, I, yes. I, thought, I thought so. Yes, I, that just came back
1: to me as a matter of fact. Yes, he did. What was, was that? That was it was. Uh, it was probably about six months after I was let go from the Stampeders. Okay, okay, and. Uh, i well, no, not interested, but i I still had the c f l in my blood sure and uh um, you still got it in your blood just so you know okay, thanks, <laughs> yeah, it's red <laughs> my blood's red yeah yeah it 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 is so yeah i i i spent a year at the with with the cFL players association, but uh um probably should you know Stu was the president in calgary that person probably should have been in Toronto right uh but my dad i was wasn't going to leave my dad.
0: Fair enough. So, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, your, dad, and uh, your dad, hey, I know how, how inspirational dad was and, you know, how how important he was to the organization, too, because he was a big part of it. So, uh, you know, the St. Peter family lost a big one when they absolutely. lost Absolutely. When they lost yeah. Doug. So, yeah. uh, no question about yeah. that.
1: Yeah, they fired me and they kept him.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right, right choice on their part. No, yeah, just... <laughs> they did. <laughs> yeah, he's like... Yeah. <laughs> so, we're on... We, we've, we've gone over length in this segment, but it's been a lot of fun reminiscing a little bit. So, uh, one thing that really stands out for you, when you look back at your time with this organization, not now, in, in this sales game that you are yeah. for, for Global yeah. News Radio but you know when when you were either president or you know vice president of marketing or communications uh, uh, the the one impact that Ron Rook made in this organization well you know we we talked about the black jerseys before but what stands out for you
1: oh gosh that's uh, oh. one thing we we really tried to do was was create an event right make it popular and fun to go to the game we as marketers couldn't control what happened on the field, you know. We had AGT. A lot of you probably don't even know what AGT was. That was Alberta Government Telephones way before mm-hmm. TELUS. and and way we,
0: before America's Got Talent.
1: Exactly, <laughs> America's Got. Yeah, you're right. Wow, wow.
0: That's what they call it now. That's well, what the kids say.
1: Lol. Uh, but uh, y- y- you know, we 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 really made. Calgary, Calgary Stampede games, an, an event. We threw up, you know, five hundred footballs every touchdown. We had slingshots in each corner. Mm-hmm. We really, you know, but uh, it's the black jersey. The, yeah. the, 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 the black jersey. Just introducing a, a third jersey for a pro team. First, was,
0: first pro team ever, I believe. First,
1: first pro team ever. Yeah. First, first pro team ever, and and uh, you know, I I kind of chuckle because I I we did it right. The Eskimos Saturday night with their double, like, they, the third year, like, oh, my God, like, they're the Eskimos, but they got double E's on the
0: front. You can't even see the, like, we did it right with the stamps and the black jerseys. Yeah. Black was uh, Black was was big back in the day. Make the players look good and feel oh, good. Yeah. And everything yeah. from that standpoint. That's another podcast all in itself. Uh, Ron, this has been fun for Valentine Volvo. Uh, thanks for coming in and sharing some of the some of the great stories, good, bad, and and indifferent, I guess, when it's all said and done. But great memories.
1: Thanks for having me, and uh, thank you very much to Paul Valentine for uh, being the sponsor of Stampede Podcast. <laughs>
0: Thanks, guys. Remember, we'd love it if you take the time out to give us a rating. Let us know what you think about what we're doing on the Stampeder podcast or send us some ideas. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the Stampeder podcast. We drop a new podcast every Thursday. You get it everywhere you get your podcast. For Jock Wilson, I'm Dave Rowe.